Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. I am at the PDAC, one of the world's biggest mining conferences in Canada, and I'm sitting with my friend Dave Skarika, the notorious newsletter writer. He's just done his presentation. And uh, Dave, uh, I suppose there were three themes to your presentation. One is short bonds, the other is equities are in a range, and the other is commodities are in a bull market. Does that kind of sum up your macro thinking pretty well? Yeah, that, that does sum up my macro thinking uh, pretty well. Although you are at the PDAC, just a, a little to go off here before we start. Yeah. Um, I mean, two years ago, you told me you didn't show up, and that's why it was the bottom. So is this the top? Uh, it could well be. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, the uh, it's interesting listening to some of those talkers. A, a couple of the presentations have said, you know, that the, these markets are very hot. Yeah, I think things are pretty frothy in the short term. So I'm looking for kind of the seasonal pullback to occur mm. over the summer. And I, I mentioned that in my presentation that commodities, one of my long-term bullish themes still, are a little overextended. So I think we could see the seasonal, you know, whatever, May to August yeah. pullback. It was interesting. I don't know if you were here for Makaviti's talk, but he said that nine of the ten major tops in silver – uh, since 1980 have occurred between January and May, I think it was. Yeah, and I, that's what I kind of see occurring is that if you actually look at last year's trading, it was very similar to this year in that we had a pullback in gold and silver in January, yeah. followed by a continuation of the rally into May, and then the traditional summer pullback. And, and what I think my philosophy behind that is I think there may be a delay. The Fed may not want to look desperate, if it, as it will, mm -hmm. to you know to renew the quantitative or start another quantitative easing round. So we might see them take that off the table for a few months, and that will cause kind of the, the disinflation trade to come back, and we might see commodities pull back and all the things things pull back into the summer before they ramp up the money printing again and we see you know, the bull market kind of resume. So yeah, I think definitely now is the time to be a little more cautious in the precious metals. You know, when you got stocks like silver, wheat, and trading at $44, I definitely wouldn't be buying at this level. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's crazy. But, I mean, with all the things that are going on in silver, somebody sent me an email that, that uh, of silver, silver wheat's PE ratio at the moment, and it's, it's, I think it's in triple digits or something insane. And, of course, you're going to see an increase in their profits to kind of Absolutely. You know, squish but, that mean, down. Something but. is going on with silver. I mean, something unusual is going on with silver. I agree. We had that whole thing with J.P. Morgan, and yeah. you just have to wonder. I'm not one of the. I'm the most anti-conspiracy theorist yeah. at all. But you have to think if there were a lot of shorts in that market, if they've yeah. all been cleared out or are being cleared out, and maybe that was keeping the price down, and now we're seeing kind of a new equilibrium in that market. Yeah, I mean, we I, we could easily go to forty dollars or forty-five dollars on silver. I don't see why we couldn't. But but when for, silver falls, boy, it falls. If, well, that's the, and again, that's the cautious tale that say gold goes to fifteen or sixteen hundred on this run. Yeah. Say silver does go to forty. If we see a fifteen percent correction in the price of gold. 
silver will probably correct 30% yeah. under that kind of scenario. So I think that's something you have to be... Although unusually, in this last correction we had in gold at the beginning of the year, gold corrected by more than silver. Silver did. That was which the anomaly. Was, which, yeah, silver broke out before gold. It was yeah. kind of leading gold. But with that, the, look, I'm really interested in the silver-gold ratio, and it's fallen below the key level of 45 for the first time in 30 years or something. To use another ratio, is the gold-to-dow ratio, I think that's where you look at these things from a macro point of view, yeah. and we're still nowhere near the top. No. And actually, one criticism I've had of a lot of analysts in the last year is everyone is looking short to intermediate term. Yeah. So everyone's looking at, oh, there's going to be a pullback, there's going to be a pullback. And a lot of these guys have missed this move yeah. because they're desperately awaiting a pullback. And I, I think that's important for your... I think it's because as a newsletter writer, you become quite kind of macho about bottom fishing and, and then exactly. the bottom. And, and as a result, you miss the bigger trend. And I think that's something that's really key. And even if I think there's going to be the short-term top in the next you know, two to three months, I always tell people you need this core position. You need this, whatever, 20, 25, 30% of your portfolio that you're not going to sell until gold and silver at some ridiculous levels. Yeah. And I think you really have to be able to, you know, wait out these declines in that core position because, like you said, we're all not smart enough to predict every, you know, yin and yang and every up and down tier and short term in the market. So that is something that, okay, don't get obsessed with, oh, silver might, you know, go to 40, then back to 30. Don't get obsessed with trying to time that perfectly. And, you know, keep some of your, you know, we mentioned silver wheat and being expensive, but keep some of that for the next five or ten years. Jesse Livermore, my, the big money is in the waiting, not the thinking. Exactly. <laughs> I would agree with that. I, Jim Dines has a great uh, quote. He says, don't think, look. Meaning as long as the trend is still intact and your uptrends are still intact, don't bother, you know, selling in and out and buying and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you said something in your talk which I really liked because I've said it as well in one of my articles, which is that 1987 was for stocks. Sorry, 2008 was for commodities, what 1987 was for stocks. In other words, it was the big correction at the end of the first stage of the bull market. And that the bull market in stocks went on from 1987 or say 1988 right up to 2000. Um, if 2008 was for commodities, what 1987 was for stocks, then heaven knows how high commodities are going to get eventually. I think the big part of the whole commodity bull market, and the reason I say that, is the monetary part. That Victor Sparadino, who used to be George Charles's one of his head traders in the 70s and 80s, he recently put out or talked about a study that had been done, and he looked at 30 countries in the last 200 years that have done the U.S. is doing right now which means you borrow 40% of your budget for a three to four year time frame, which means that if your budget's $100, you're only raising 60 of that in revenue and you're borrowing another 40. And every country that did that for a three or four year time frame went into hyperinflation or a form of hyperinflation. It's like 30 for 30. So that's a pretty good indicator, and the U.S. is right there. Yeah. You know, basically, since the financial crisis, they've been doing that for fiscal 09, 010, and now 11. So that is the real worrisome sign. And, okay, we may say, oh, my God, like, you know, um, oil at 300 is, is insane, but those dollars at oil at 300 aren't worth anything. <laughs> that, that, that's the problem is that, you know, maybe in terms of, I don't know, like, um, Brazilian reals, it won't be nearly as bad because the real will be increasing in, in price against the dollar or whatever. So that's the thing we have to look at is like we're looking at everything in pure dollar terms. But if you look at gold, for example, in pound terms over the last seven years compared to dollar terms, 
it's gone up way, way more because the pound devalued. And Absolutely. that's the kind of devaluation I'm looking up in the U.S. dollar when it loses its backing as a reserve currency status. U.S. dollars at 76 on, on the U.S. dollar index at the moment. And there's a trend line if you draw it off the 2008 yeah. lows, and it's sitting right on that trend line. And so it, I kind of think if that trend line doesn't hold, ouch, look out below. And we, everyone's saying commodities are going up against all currencies. But if that trend line doesn't hold, you're going to be in a situation where even the euro or even the pound where you're from is going to be strong against the U.S. dollar. Or the U.S. dollar is going to be weak against all of them. So that's something that definitely you have to take into account, that a lot of the dollar prices we think are crazy are just because of the excessive weakness in the U.S. dollar. And in terms of, you know, you can debate how you know, successful they will be, but at least some form of austerity is taking place in Europe. Where the U.S. is not even, like, they're just starting to talk about it, you know? Yeah, like, the Democrats don't, don't even... I don't think, listening to phone-in shows, I, I don't think the U.K. It wants the austerity. Yeah, you think there's going to be, like, oh, a backlash sure. against it? There's so much anger and resentment about yeah. it. And uh, I don't think that people want it. And the U.K. is in a position like the U.S. where they're one of the few countries they can print their own money. Yeah. You know, absolutely. so so they can... Um, you know, that, that's advantageous. And like the U.S., you don't have much of a manufacturing base anymore. So if you keep the pound devalued a bit, you know, you get a little more tourism into London, you yeah. know? No, seriously. I know, I know, I know. You know, you know or it's a little uh, cheaper to, you know, keep your shop going in England if you're a financial company or whatever. So, no, I, I think you look at that, and that's why the U.S. won't start that discussion because they know there's going to be a big backlash once it happens, you know? Probably the bond market will force their yeah, hand at some point. That's the, uh, that's yeah. the big one. That's the big one. But anyhow, to, to, to kind of sum up, you said my uh, my talk, and actually that gets to the, the, the short bond. the bonds. It's just, to me, the short the bonds... The bonds are sitting on a trend line as well. As now. well. Well, it's really interesting with the 30-year bond. And that's the, that's the, that's the long-term... That is like a 27-year trend line. Trend line. Yeah. So if you break below that, it looks like you really have started. And bonds take a long time to either top or bottom. If you look at the, the top of the bond market in the 1950s, it took about three or four yeah. years for that top to it's form. It's a process. The bottom, it took about 1981 to 1984 yeah. to form in the long-term bond. So now we're about 2008 to 2011 yeah. to form the top. So bonds, it's a slower-moving market. There's not as much volatility. Yeah. So you're going to take a while longer to... And so if you break through that, yeah, rates will be headed higher. Now, on the short end, and Mark Faber's talked about this... I think they're always going to be behind the curve because yeah. the U.S. is always going to keep short-term rates. I'm sure the U.K. and the Europe will do the same yeah. thing below the rate of inflation. So if, say, like long-term rates spike to 7 or 8%, you'll probably, usually when long-term rates are 7 or 8%, short-term is 5 You're probably going to have short-term at 2 or 3 when yeah. that when that occurs. So they're always going to be behind the curve now because they actually want inflation so they can inflate. People can inflate, like, you know their housing mortgage costs away or whatever to get out of like kind of the deleveraging, you know? So I think they're always going to keep the, the short end. And the same thing's happened in Japan. Like the Japanese consumers really deleveraged over the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, and short rates have stayed at zero and that's really helped the Japanese consumer deleverage. So mm. the short end is not going to go up, but the long end could. And the difference and the problem that the United States has compared to Japan is how much foreign ownership they have yeah. over their bonds. You know, 45% of their bonds are foreign owned. That's a big number. Dave, I've got to go. You've got to go. Thanks very much for talking to me, and uh, I'll see you before next year, I hope. Yeah, definitely. I got, I got, plug, I'm your, plug your book and your newsletter. Yeah, well, you got to make, okay, we've met in London, we met in Toronto, so you got to meet in the Bahamas. Okay, well, I'm, I'm waiting for the invitation. Okay, no, it's, it's open. Okay, okay. okay.
Good stuff. Plug, plug the book you. in the newsletter. Now, I am shaking your hand even yeah, though no are, one can are, see we it. We are. We are. We're doing it. Oh, the, yeah. book, oh, um, the book is The Great Super Cycle. It's available on Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk. If you buy a copy of the book, you get a free three-month trial to my newsletter, Addicted to Profits, which is addictedtoprofits.net. Just write me an email at info at addictedtoprofits.net. Tell me you bought the book and you're on. Okay. Good stuff. Dave Skarita, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 